Hello, welcome back to episode two of The Most Show. Today I have Pittsburgh Steelers center, J.C. Hassenauer. Um, What's up, Max? How you doing? Good, how are you? Um, I appreciate you having me on here. Yeah, no problem. This is a pleasure. I mean, this is awesome. My first NFL player on here, so... (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully hopefully one of many. So, hopefully. But, um, so, you grew up in Woodbury, correct? Yep. So, I... I gotta ask, did you ever play Roseville at all? Yes, I did. Um... There was a there was a good defensive lineman. He was also a wrestler. I, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even know his name if you if you said it. But I remember going against him in wrestling and in uh, football. Um, uh, like I said, I don't know I don't remember his name. I'm not sure if he played college football anywhere either. But uh, he was a good player. But we did we did beat Roseville. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so I heard from somebody that when you got accepted into Alabama. Nick Saban personally came to your house and told you. Was that true? Uh, yeah, so part of, like, the recruiting kind of thing is you're, each coach or each team, really, um, each college is allowed to have one home visit. Uh, so when I, when I was obviously getting recruited, um, yeah, Saban, Saban flew up here, uh, paid his home visit. He came with the uh, Mario Cristobal, who was the offensive line coach at the time. Um, kind of a little funny story about that as well. They came in like late February, I think it was. So as you know, like Minnesota is pretty brutal around that time. Yeah. Um, and we had kind of a steep driveway. Uh, and there was some fresh snow on the ground, and their car couldn't even make it up the driveway. <laughs> so they they had to they had to walk up from the from the road. Uh, but he he wasn't too worried about it. He he um, he was the head coach at Michigan State for a while. Um, he, he spent obviously time in Ohio at Kent State all that mm-hmm. so he, he's used to the winter and used to the snow um, but I thought it was kind of funny um, yeah. him getting stuck in the driveway on his uh, on his home visit and then did you know he was going to show up or was it like a surprise visit yeah yeah all, all that all that stuff but, um, you know what was that oh what I just that? I just said um was that like a surprise to you? Like, did you know he was coming? Uh, yeah. So all that stuff is all that is planned out, um, and everything. Like, like you, I knew exactly when he was going to be there and everything like that. That's so awesome. he he had told he, everyone knows like ahead of time, uh, because like I said, like each team has one visit, so it's everything scheduled through the NCAA and all that all that type of stuff. All right, now let's go to two, uh, like your time at Alabama. So. What was like your routine like playing at like obviously one of the greatest colleges for football? I mean yeah, no, it was uh, it was crazy. So there's there's really um, there's really kind of like four seasons, if you will. So uh, right when you get there, it's obviously the summer. Um, so the summer's pretty pretty time consuming. It's all but actually actually the summer's kind of your most downtime that you'll get. Um, essentially, all you have is a, a run workout in the morning. Um, so run, lift, and you got some classes you take. Uh, they try to give you a lighter schedule in the summer. Like I think I only took um, like two or three classes in the summer. Um, June is a semester, and then July was also another semester. Um, so like I said, you just have your workout in the morning. You have uh, your classes, and then um, we were allotted um, or allotted like a certain number of practices, kind of team team ran uh, practices, uh, and those are all just. You know, and no helmets or anything like that. We're just gonna 
get on the field, run through some drills, just the players only. Uh, so other than that, like you had a lot of downtime in the summers. Uh, we all got together. Since Tuscaloosa was a college town, um, there wasn't very many people on campus, which for me, the summers are my favorite um, because of that. It wasn't as crowded. Um, and then the next season, we move into, um, you know, in-season, uh, you know, during the normal, normal, you know, schedule and everything like that. Um, you probably have a workout in the morning. You got your classes. Then probably around 2 o'clock, you have uh, your meetings. And then that leads you right into practice, uh, which which goes right after practice. You're, you got you to gotta, um, make it to study hall. And then you got to find time for dinner sometime in between that. So in-season schedule is definitely the most time-consuming. Um, I mean, you're looking at on the workout days, getting in there probably around 6 a.m. And then, you know, you're leaving study hall and dinner. You know, it could be as late as 8 p.m., 9 p.m. Um, depends how much homework you have, honestly. Uh, so the season is definitely grueling. Um, you know, it definitely takes a toll on you. And then, so after the season, you have a very short off-season. So in the in the off season period, I think we had probably uh, I want to say like three like two or three weeks, um, and you're just completely on your own. You know, we me and my friends we like to go hunting and fishing. Um, you know, so we use use that time to do that. Um, and then it was like I said, it was only two or three weeks. So it was pretty quick. And then you move into the spring season. And uh, the spring season is it's very similar to the regular in season schedule, um, but it's but it's not as it's not as uh, intense. So we you only have practice. I think we practiced Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then we had um, a scrimmage on Saturday. Um, so on the Tuesdays and Thursdays we do our workouts, and then obviously you got class in between those. Um, but yeah, so the spring was much la- much more laid back, but still pretty intense. But like I said, the summers were, were my favorite for sure. Oh, yeah. uh, I'm sure, yeah. Um, so I know you uh, you were kind of on the bench your freshman year, but you came in for a game against Texas A&M. Well, what was that yeah. like, like your first feeling on the on the field? I mean, was that just like yeah, a crazy no, it was, feeling? It was, a, it was a great feeling, man. I mean, it was kind of a lot of hard work that, you know, I felt like officially paid off. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, it was definitely cool to – to play in my freshman year for sure yeah and um i know you were sec big uh sec offensive lineman of the week uh after you had an amazing game against uh, mercer mercer right yeah so that was yeah. the, that was one of the that was my senior night um obviously my senior year so it was the last home game mm-hmm. uh and i played all three interior positions so left guard center and right guard in the game what is that kind of like like having to rotate around all like that do you kind of like doing that, or would you rather just stay in one position? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 kind of crucial if um, if you're kind of that like backup player, kind of the sixth man on the offense line. You kind of need to play multiple positions, whether that's a tackle that can play right tackle and left tackle, or whether that's an interior guy that can play both guards and center. Um, I think the more versatile you are, the, you know, the more valuable you are for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, I mean, that that extends beyond even the college level. That also goes. Um, you know, into the pro pro level as well. Yeah. Um, so also, I gotta ask. Um, you started in the national championship game. Uh, what what was winning the national championship? What did that feel like? I mean, 
Yeah, no, it was, it was, it was kind of crazy. Um, so the first one we, we uh, won when I was in 2015, um, I think I was, I was a sophomore. And it was, it, was a, it was a great feeling, like everything kind of paid off. We were on top of the world. Um, but shortly after, you know, a couple hours after the game, it kind of settled in that, all right, like, let's start focusing in, locking in for next year. Let's do the same thing. Um, so, so that was the first experience. And then the last one, like you just mentioned, I started in 2017. It was my senior year. We won. Um, that was a whole complete different feeling. And I think it was because I knew, like, my college career was done. Um, so being able to go out on, on that note was super special to me. Um, so it was, it was definitely an awesome feeling that, you know, lasted much longer than the first one. Yeah. So um, uh, you went into the NFL undrafted. How uh, hard did you have to work to try to get on an NFL team? I mean, obviously there's guys like Quentin Nelson and stuff like that who are just, like, automatic. But I know you had to work hard. So Yeah, I mean, every – it kind of, you know, that goes unsaid. Like, every every player obviously has to work hard, um, you know, at the professional level. There's no, there's no scholarship. You're not guaranteed, you know, your four years or whatever, like you are in college. Um, so every day, you know, you have to be, you have to be a pro. Um, you know, that means literally every detail about your body, every detail about the playbook, um, about your performance in practice. You know, every little, every little tiny thing matters. Um, so it's, I wouldn't say I had to work any harder than anyone else, um, but you know, I, I definitely was at a disadvantage just mm-hmm. just with the politic level of um guaranteed money and that type of thing with you know other draft picks yeah and i mean it, undrafted doesn't even matter i mean you look at guys like john randall james harrison stuff yep. like that and i mean anybody can be a hall of famer um, yeah no i mean it's, it, i think that just goes back to the hard work thing you know a lot some of the people um you know i, I feel like i feel like when situations get really hard it kind of exposes people and um, you know the NFL will definitely push you to those limits, and you know it'll it'll make people like get either get exposed or, or prove that their hard work has paid off. Yeah, and I know you um, you spent some time with the Falcons, and then after that you were in the AAF. Yeah. Uh, so I I was a Birmingham Birmingham Iron fan for like the eight That's games, awesome. you know. So what? What was that like? Like when you found out that it was just done, like the season was over automatically. Yeah. So, I'll, so the kind of the, the build up to that, I was on, and when I was with the Falcons, I was on their practice squad. And obviously, as you know, when when you're on a practice squad, you're not playing in games. Mm-hmm. You don't really have game tape to show your development and everything like that. Um, so you know, once once I got released from the Falcons, my agent and I both agreed that you know the biggest thing that teams needed was you know tape of me they needed to see my development from college to pro um you know they just needed to see more of me um so the best way to do that obviously you know this league gave me an opportunity um was the aaf so you know i was able to play in some games there um you know get more tape out to these nfl teams and gm scouts all that stuff kind of get my name out there more get some more tape out um but yeah so i think it was it was towards the end of the season. I'm not sure exactly how many more regular season games we had in that league. Uh, I think maybe one or two more. Um, one random morning, we had a, just a normal team meeting, and they called us in, and they said, hey, guys, uh, we're done. 
and everyone kind of knew because beforehand the tweets were breaking out so Mm -hmm. everyone was kind of on edge um like i i found out some of my teammates were saying so-and-so tweeted probably adam Schefter or someone tweeted you know that the league collapsed um we, it was hard to believe because, like, we were all there at the building, you know, getting ready for a normal day. Um, and then, you know, like I said, we got called into the team meeting, and there wasn't a whole lot of answers. Um, they kind of just said, you know, we're done, and uh, you got to go home. That's <laughs> so. Nice. I mean, for, fortunately, they they still like they still paid us and everything. Um, you know, I, the the circumstances are what they were. I wouldn't say they were the best. Um, but I, I, I really do appreciate that league as I, I, I mean, I don't think I'd be where I am today mm-hmm. without that league. I think it definitely helped me get a lot more tape out. Um, also, I, you know, I, I built some of the best relationships I had, um, with, with fellow teammates and coaches in that league. Um, you know, I felt like we were all just going through such hard circumstances. Everyone was basically on their second chance. Um, and they, everyone kind of knew that. So. Yeah, I felt like we all bonded very well on that team, probably better than any other team I've been a part of. Um, so I thought I thought the experience of that league definitely helped me big time. That's awesome. Uh, how, so how how long after that did the Steelers organization reach out to you? Was it Tomlin uh, who reached quick. out to you? Yeah, I think it was. Because that's when uh, I think the league folded in like mid-March or something mm-hmm. like that. And that's when most teams are signing free agents and you know, kind of building their um, their roster. So it wasn't it wasn't much, too much longer, maybe a week or two after that. Um, so I think I think a part of that was due to timing um, as well as, um, you know, my performance that, you know, had them reach out. So I know you you got a uh, you got a couple starts your first year on the Steelers, but uh, you, that one big start against Baltimore, it was like a Wednesday night game or something like that. Dude, that was crazy. Yeah, so that. It, that was that was wild. It was my it was my first NFL regular season start. Yeah, um, and I had no clue other than a three hour notice. If oh, that. really? Um, so yeah, so that we were obviously that year we were battling with COVID, um, and you know the whole testing schedule, everything like that was kind of nuts. Um, so basically, what happened was every day, you know, we had to take a COVID test. And that morning, the starting center, Marquise Bounty, tested positive uh, for COVID. And, um, you know, like once you test positive, there's like a protocol you got to go into place. You got to take multiple other tests. Um, I didn't even know he tested positive. Um, No one really told me. And then uh, I got a call from our trainer. Um, This was like, I think this was like 30 minutes before I was going to leave my place to go to the game. Um, and once I, once I got, once I saw he was calling me, my heart kind of sank because I figured <laughs> I tested positive. Oh, so I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, what is it? What is my trainer calling me for? So he called me and said, yeah, Pouncey tested positive. You're going to start this start today. I'm like, okay. Um, <laughs> I, I appreciate the notice, but you know, this was like four hours before the game or whatever. Uh, so was, I was kind of thrown into the fire a little bit, but, um, you know, I couldn't say enough about my teammates, you yeah. know, they all had my back and. Um, you know, they all supported me, um, you know, and made sure everything was going smoothly. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I definitely appreciated their confidence in me. And that was a key win, too. I mean, that, you guys, that put you guys one game over the Ravens at the end of the year. You guys finished yeah, like... No, I mean, any, any AFC North opponent, yeah. uh, you know, those are always tough games. And 
whenever you can secure a win against those guys. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a better feeling. And this year, uh, you started in the playoff game against Kansas City. I know it wasn't the way yep. you guys really wanted it to go, but, I mean, how was that starting in a playoff game? Yeah, it was, it was really cool. Um, you know, Arrowhead's a very special place. Yeah. I don't know if you watched much of the game last night, but, I mean, it, that place is that, that place is honestly probably one of the loudest NFL stadiums I've been in. I haven't been in, I haven't been to New Orleans. I've heard that place is very mm-hmm. loud as well. Um, but Kansas City, man, I'll tell you, they got, they get rowdy for sure. Um, but it was, it was awesome, man, especially knowing that, you know, we're, this is Ben's last year. Um, you know, being able to play for him. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, the probably the highlight of the year was being able to, to start Monday night versus uh, Cleveland uh, for Ben's last home game. Oh uh, yeah, it was, dude, it was it was thrilling to see. Um, you know, the, the the fans, the stadium was packed out, obviously. Um, and I think towards the end of the fourth quarter, you know, we you get that feeling like you're going to win the game. Um, and you're usually you see the fans start clearing out and leaving. Um, but you didn't. There, all the fans stayed um, to the last to the last second, and then even after the game, all the fans stayed in the stadium. You know, Ben kind of walked around and uh, you know gave his acknowledgement to the fans, and I thought that was huge. I mean, it's a it's a Monday night. It's it's probably a little bit past midnight. Most of these folks have work in the morning, mm-hmm. but you know these fans were so loyal. They they all stayed in the stadium and you know supported Ben as he, as he walked off the field. I thought. I thought that was thrilling to see. And uh, as Ben's center, I mean, did you have like a good relationship with him? Were you guys close? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, you know, I, I worked with him um, for three years, and you know, he was he was awesome. I mean, he, he was like a coach almost. Um, oh yeah. You know, when you're when you're with a guy that has that much of an age difference over you, it's you know, it's a it's a different relationship. Obviously, you know, me and him aren't aren't going out and you know grabbing pizza together on the weekends, or anything like that. But um, you know, he he was definitely helpful with my development. Um, you know, he helped me gain knowledge on the game, and you know, just kind of ha- having him back there was definitely like a breath of fresh air and like kind of a honestly like a comforting blanket, if you would, because. Um, you know, when you have a quarterback with that much experience, there's not a whole lot of defense can do. Mm-hmm. Um, usually with younger quarterbacks, you see a lot of exotic blitzes, a lot of exotic pressures and, and fronts and of different variations. Um, but with a veteran quarterback like him, you can't do that because he can he can pick up on that and take advantage of it. And like he did a lot of the times, you see him making these, you know, quick audibles at the line. Usually that means he, he sees something in the defense that he can expose. Um you know, so defenses, defensive coordinators are definitely careful when they have an experienced quarterback like him. Yeah, and speaking of development, I mean, did did playing with guys like Marquise Pouncey, David DeCastro, Trey Turner, like guys who could possibly be in the Hall of Fame someday, did they did they help you out at all? I mean, absolutely. Um, you know, having Hall of Fame guys or uh, like Pro Bowl guys like mm-hmm. them in yeah. front of me is, uh, was was huge. When I, even when I was in Atlanta, um, I had Alex Mack in front of me at center, mm-hmm. and uh, he was he was crucial to my development too. Um, you know, having having those guys are, are are huge development with the younger guys. You know, just being able to see from them how to play and you know how, how they do things, how they try things, also how they like do things off the field, how they take care of their bodies. Um, you know how how they do this and that. Um, I think it was it's very important. 
one of uh, one of my favorite quotes from Coach Tomlin. He always says the standard is the standard, um, and it's kind of it kind of takes a little bit to think about. But those guys, those those Pro Bowl guys that were in front of us, those that's the standard. You know, Pounce set the standard. Dave set the standard. Um, those guys, you know, those, those guys are the standard. So when new guys come in, they have something to focus on, um, something to relate to at least, and uh, something to improve on. Uh, all right. I, I think I only have one more question for you. I mean, what would you go back and say to your high school self right now? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a tough know, question. but a, Yeah, no, that's, a, that's kind of a deep question. Um I don't know what I'd, I'd, I'd tell myself. I'd, I'd probably just say, stay the course, you know. Um, I'd probably tell myself to enjoy the moment. I feel like a lot of younger people, I, I was at fault of it too. Um, you know, we just want to keep advancing. We're so hungry that we're, you know, just constantly clawing to the next thing. Um, but, you know, I, I all those high school accolades and everything, like, yeah, they don't really mean much, but, like, but like I mean, it's 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 something cool to enjoy. You know I mean, I, w- I wish maybe I could have slowed down a little bit um, to enjoy some of those uh, moments. But other than that, man, I don't know. I feel like you know, I feel like I did things the right way, and um, I don't know. No, well, that that's that's a good answer. I mean, <laughs> there's not much you can say about it, but it was a it was a pleasure talking to you. I mean, hearing your story is awesome. I mean. Yeah, absolutely, Max. I appreciate you uh, having me on here. I'd be honored to be on here anytime. Yeah, I mean, thank you so much for this. <laughs> absolutely. Have a good one. All right, brother.